Welcome to the Coaching Family Soccer Coaching Podcast. A podcast for soccer coaches from grassroots to the pro game. Soccer coaches who love the game, love coaching and want to get better. Join our community on Twitter at Coaching Family. So welcome back to another Coaching Family Soccer Coaching Podcast, joined by two fantastic guests, uh, my good friend Glenn as usual. Glenn, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. Really looking forward to this one. And also by Ross Embleton. Ross, I've known for many, many years, someone who's very unique experiences, worked all the way across the age groups, worked at Leighton Orient in the Academy, Tottenham, Norwich, and first head, uh, assistant, first thing coach, and also head coach at Leighton Orient as well. And have I forgot, did I miss anything out there, Ross? Was your, all my uh, friends there, somewhere uh, in there. Assistant at Swindon. Uh, but we Assistant we'll, at Swindon. We'll, we'll, we'll write that one off because it led to the <laughs> We'll just forget about that one. Yes, yeah, but I met a man, an unbelievable CV, worked at all levels, uh, many different players. So really fortunate to have him on the show. Appreciate it, Ross. Thanks for coming up, mate. No, thanks for having me on, mate. Been looking forward to it. Good. So we're going to chat about defending. Um, it's one uh, an interesting topic, really. Uh, what's, what's your first thoughts, Ross? I say defending. What's, any, any first thoughts about that? Well, I, I, what's excited me about defending recently, like you said there about working across the age groups, I think what's, um, what's really, really become interesting for me recently is I, I've continued, whatever job I've been doing, I've always continued to to work with kids of different age groups, different standards, different levels. Um, so you get to work on loads of different things. And obviously, you know, there's a real variation of coaching across the board. And what I've found really good recently is I can still do my sessions that, have been creative, that have been attack-minded, that have been um, exciting for players from an offensive perspective, but develop them from a defending point of view and work with players out of possession or um, 1v1 defending. Because I think, as we all know, especially all working at Spurs, um, like we have done, the, the, the development and focus on, on the individual and the 1v1 domination, we talk about defending and say oh it's great because they go hand in hand and you can work both but excuse my ignorance if, if, if other people are doing it but personally I've always put much more of a focus on the offensive rather than the defensive so I think from that point of view I found it really interesting so I think it's a great topic to discuss and then from the other side of it when when working with senior players or or older players um I found it really beneficial to my coaching of looking at my team out of possession, at looking at what individuals do, um, how to mark, when to mark, when to play in space, when to go 1v1. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, it's opened up a can of worms a little bit that I personally haven't, haven't done enough of over the years. So I, I found it really good of late working on that part of the game that little bit more. Interesting. Glenn, what's your thoughts? A bit of a, like... Uh, yeah, so one one of the one of in terms of development, sort especially working with kids, one of the worst mantras you can probably have is, uh, "It's what we've always done, so we're always going to do it that way." But in terms of defending, if I'm honest, when you look back, at whether it's Paolo Maldini or Barese, or go back even further to Beckenbauer or Bobby Moore, or fast forward to today to Rio Ferdinand in recent times or Van Dijk, defend good defending to me always looks the same. So I think we should have a consistency with, with what we're coaching. But I think my first point of view would be, I think it's got lost a little bit amongst coaches, not necessarily they don't want to coach it. 
sometimes because it's become so trendy with the whole Pep Guardiola stuff and the attractive stuff, sometimes there's a lack of knowledge. I genuinely feel that because when I ask some of the young coaches that I'm mentioning at the moment, so um, what would you have done there? And a lot of it's about, yeah, go and tackle and head it. Well, I'm like, hold on a minute. He was never going to win the ball. So do you know what I mean? So I, I think there's actually a skills gap. I think there's a lack of knowledge amongst some young coaches in terms of the technical art of defending when to tackle and when to just be like Oliver Twist and just nick the ball off someone. Do you know what I mean? So I, that, that's what I'm quite passionate about. I mean, and I'm trying to share some some technical knowledge with that with the young coaches as well. So that would be my starting point on it, is a, the technical actual skills and the art of defending. Yeah, interesting couple of points. So Director Ross, you talked about that, you know, working on the defenders and the attacking thing as well. I mean, I just think generally there's a bit of a stigma around defending. I'm probably as guilty as, as anybody as well, especially with the younger stage. You know, you know, we're purists, you know, we're, you know, we only work on attacking. Like I remember being supposed to say we don't work on defending and then actually realising actually actually working a bit more one v one defending actually improved our 1v1 attackers because, you know, it was a bit of an else. But then my whole thing is that how much time do we spend on, you know, uh, defending so we're starting with the younger stage which for example I, have you got a tactical cycle where you're doing three weeks in possession and three weeks out of possession I mean that does that does that marry up does that really you know does that really benefit the player is it a 50-50 split should we work on that um, but I think what you said as well Ross about I suppose I was doing a two the 2v2 session the other day a small group session with some players and basically high line 2v2 receive on the target try and, got to try and break an off sideline anyways an attacking session attacking movement but then working a bit on the defending of the players made it that much more intense because I said well hang on you know sit inside you know goal you know goal side ball side balance them because and it makes your session better doesn't it so yeah so I think what you it. get with that as well so is obviously you get more competition and like I said right we get like the major thing for me is is that you can if it is a whatever cycle you're working on whatever topic is that you're coming around to for me the, the beauty of it was that as creative coaches as <clears throat> attack-minded coaches if you like you don't have to neglect it you don't have to leave it alone I think you know I think years ago when I you know walk across the park and you see someone working on defending if they're working on kicking it out of play and and, and running up to the halfway like that wouldn't sit comfortable with me but if I know that the creative players are still getting the opportunity to to work in the manner that I would like them to <clears throat> using the topics and the drills, sessions, whatever words you might want to use for, for what you're delivering. You're still using the same topics. It's just you've got a different focus. So you as the coach are focusing on something else, but the players are still getting a lot of what they would be getting from, from you or from working with you at that particular time. So you're not overly neglecting, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, you're not overly neglecting anything or losing out. And I think that was what really started to inspire me to, to put more of a focus on it. And, and I did a, a seminar up north for, for the LMA a little while back and we it was all based on defending so the guy I was working with did a lot of stuff around um like obviously attacking and defending around the box and, it, and he focused on the defensive side of it but I I took the technical side of it and actually when I sat down and we discussed doing a technical session on defending I remember thinking what on earth does that mean but Glenn mentioned there about pinching it about I mean when we were setting this up, we talked about VAR, didn't we? Like it, at the top end of the game, coaching defending is completely different to working with a, a League Two player because you can get away with a little bit more in terms of how you make physical contact, uh, when you make the contact, um, how aggressive that you can be when you're defending 1v1 because you don't get picked up on it. Whereas if you're coaching in the Premier League, you've got to, you've got to define the art of 
you know, nudging, getting in contact with people a little bit cleverer and a little bit differently because VAR can pick up on it. So I think, like for me, it just opens up a real variation in what you can what you can do and how you think about coaching. What about Ross? Because obviously, you I mean you're you, you've you've been an academy manager. You've worked in the foundation, the YDP, You worked in the professional. You've worked everywhere. Well, what would you say then about that? For example, for the foundation phase coaches, what would you say in terms of I'm approaching my you know my week, my month, my season, what weight would you put on attacking the defending? Is it, would you say it's 50-50 or would you just, you know, what, how would you recommend, you know, the grassroots coaches out there? How much time should they spend? What owners should they put in it? Or is it just you coach or what you see sort of thing? I think, I think what you have to be careful with when you've got limited time with, with, your, with your players is making it too focused on, on one particular thing. Like, so from I'm sure I speak for, for you two as well as, as as my own opinions is that if I have an hour a week, which I do when I when I coach my little boys team, if I have an hour a week, it's not a lot of time. So to try and break it down too much, I don't like focusing it on what they're going to do at the weekend or what they didn't do at the weekend. I try to look at the 10 players that I have every Thursday and try and make it as specific as I can to those boys, whether it's a big chunk of technical work one Thursday, whether it's attack against defence, whether it's 1v1s attacking or defending. So I think, that, uh, for the risk of, of, of repeating myself, it's about, for me, trying to give over as much as you can about the game to to your players as often as you possibly can. But um, trying to have a, a an in-possession, out-possession, attack, defend, whatever, whatever way you want to theme it, in as many of your sessions as you can. So you, and again, like I say, from a lot of the, the work that we would have done in the early stages at, at Tottenham, certainly when when we were working with Chris Ramsey, is so much of your of your sessions, whether it's you know whether it's your your little tight work, whether it's your technical bits one v one, so much of it can be related to to what you do with with the defenders. So rather than actually going right tonight, I'm working with no one has to know what what it is that you're doing because you can, you can, you can fulfil both elements of the game with, with the work that you're doing with those players. If that answers your question. Yeah, I think it's right because, like I say, the modern academy system, each other be you've got you know at least two coaches, maybe, and that's that's what a lot of people said. Oh, well, tonight I'm working on, for example, in possession topic. You do the out possession team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's the the luxury. So the challenge for the grassroots coaches, isn't it? Like say, you've got one 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 session a week with your girls or the boys, thinking right, how I'm going to get everything in. I suppose that you just do that rather than say. But say you're playing, like say you're working tackling to defend, and maybe working a little bit with defenders there just to tighten them up, and maybe you know you're working sort of a bit more global, I suppose. You know, yeah, so and I, I think what you get as well when you're when you're working on 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 defending as, at the beginning, a lot of it is a is an attitude for me. Defending, I think, like like Glenn mentioned, some of the top top players that have done unbelievable things as as, as defenders first and foremost across the generations. But I think what what you get the first attitude about adding it. Or, or, or having uh, physical contact as a defender is an attitude, first of all. Then you can start to talk about um, body shape, about you know, when you nudge someone, when you go and edit, when you go and be aggressive, when you drop off, whatever it might be. But it's an attitude. And it's the same when you talk about pressing or, as I would like to call it when I work with younger players, go and get it back. Yeah, it yeah. don't need to be a, a, a name and a theme on it. But a lot of the early <laughs> stages of defending, and I suppose you can argue the same from, from an attacker or a dribbler. It's an attitude to go and do it. So I think it's just ingraining in them. Right, we're not necessarily need to tell them that we're working on defending this week, but when we lose it, go and get it back. 
work hard mm. to go and get it. You know, it don't need to be press or you know, whatever, you know mid block, whatever we might, whatever mm. phrase we might might use for for certain things. It is purely right. What's the attitude with my young players to want to work hard and run and get the ball back, or go, if you're working on 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 heading to go and head it. And because I think if you haven't got that desire to go and regain possession or go and win headers, it's very, very difficult to start to master the techniques. Yeah, so Ross made a really good point. I think sometimes the way we frame it to our kids as well. So the will has definitely got to be bigger than the skill. And I agree with Ross. You've only got to look at the best two teams in the world right now in the Premier League to see the one, they've got two of the best defensive records of the last four years. Apart from that little blip when Van Dijk come out of the team for Liverpool and I don't think they could get a win for 12 games, could they? And then last year they salvaged it and got fourth. But the attitude of every single one of them players, you know, that should be the thing we're framing to kids. Look at Bernardo Silva. Look at the way he runs. Look at look at Mo Salah the other night. He, a couple of games ago, he scored a goal sort, and then he's run from right wing to left back and made a tackle. This is the stuff we should be selling to the kids in terms of buying into defending. Do you know what I mean? And I think Ross is right. I think what we what what coaches in general, maybe at grassroots as well, and it might be an inexperienced thing. Sometimes the terminology becomes a bit baffling. Like Ross said, get the ball back. Okay, you like scoring goals. If there's a young Luis Suarez in you, you like scoring goals. Okay, well, I'll tell you this now. If you can get the ball back five times in this half, you might have five more opportunities to score a goal. So actually, there's, if you're doing it correctly, I think there's an attacking ethos behind it anyway. And when you look at someone like Sergio Ramos, so I think he's the model of, of almost perfect defending. But like, like Ross said, maybe he got it wrong. Maybe he was a bit more League 2 than Champions League, which is why he got 32 red cards or whatever, because... He went over that line of aggression. But in terms of an artistic defender, I don't think there's as many people that can tackle as well as Ramos, that are fantastic on the ball, that have almost a complete defender. Do you know what I mean? And I think he started his childhood as an attacking midfielder and, and ended up at the back, like a lot of them, like Ferdinand. But the attitude and desire of someone like Ramos is what, like Ross said, we should be really encouraging this first and foremost. And if they buy into it between six and 11, I think it becomes a lot easier to actually coach defending. So... Yeah, what a great really time game. to be able to sell it to people and players and, and you know, people, young people that you're working with. A great time to be selling, defending to people is that not only what Glenn said there, which is spot on about the best two teams in the world are the ones that work the hardest. And when you watch the semi-final, the first half or first half an hour, Liverpool were incredible. incredible. How hard they worked out possession, what they done to City trying to trying to play out or you know the the, the mess up for the goal for from the goalkeeper, but that all come from the relentless pressure that, that Liverpool had. And then the other side of it is, it's a great time to sell defending to people because if we get it back, we see what Mo Salah does, the goals that he scores and, and, and the creativity that Bernardo Silva, that Foden get from, from working so hard. But at the same time, we can then talk about all the other stuff, the glitz and the glamour of John Stone stepping in, and intercepting and starting attacks and fullbacks joining in and, and, and getting up the pitch. The, the attacking bit, follows on but it's a great time to be able to sell it to them because the best teams do both sides of it so well yeah I saw a great interview with Pep Linders the other day and he talked about you know the non-negotiables and why they do it to create that chaos to win the ball high up the pitch and try and score a goal so as part of your attacking almost like you say so yeah. my next question would be then you know how do you how do you implement that in your sessions and you know talking about the younger age groups how do you how do you develop that culture what are the strategies you use I mean you know we all want to win it back and we hear people say you know get it back five or six seconds or whatever what what's some of the, what are some of the things that you're doing to try and you know really get that momentum off the ball and create that culture I think what's been really interesting for me at the, with the younger age groups and working with a grassroots team quite regular has been the use of the um, retreat lines that the under 
sevens, eights, nines would work with because straight away they're running from a point to another one. They're running towards the ball to start with, um, with absolutely no idea of what they're going to do when they get there, how they're going to arrive. And obviously from, you know, from working with that, that age groups, those age groups, sorry, that I've mentioned there, you don't want to fill them with too much information. So like I said, the simplistic part of their attitude to go and get the ball or win the ball is, is, is a really good point because the game actually sets them up to be in a position to start quite a way away from the ball and then have to go and, well, you don't have to, but, but a lot of them, their reaction as soon as the ball comes into play is to go and get it. But I think um, how I set it up or how I like to set up the, the, the technical elements of defending is in, is, is in 1v1s, um, is up against a, 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 you know, an attacker, a dribbler, uh, someone who's going to go and get on the ball. So you, again, like you, you've got a lot of creative elements. And I think the beauty for me that I think has been discussed for years and years with, with younger players is that we talk about they've all got to play in different positions, put them in different areas across the pitch for their development. We don't know where they're going to end up. Glenn's just said there about Rio Ferdinand, John Terry being midfield players. Ashley Cole was a striker and now and he ended up being the best left back in the world. You don't want to pigeonhole players too early. So it's about giving them the variation as much as possible. And even if a little young lad thinks he's a number nine and a goal scorer, that you still put him in scenarios where he's having to defend in his box. He's having to defend in wide areas. He gets the opportunity to go and press or, you know, so there's a real variation of, of, of what they do, how they do it but they get a go at both in the, in, in the session. So like, from my, my perspective, if you don't have to change too much, you, you can still continue to set up your, your, your real 1v1 um, domination, your, your 1v1 technical sessions, but, but you're going up against someone and you can, you can look and tweak what you're doing and the information you're giving with, within that. I think obviously then as you start to work with older players and it becomes about the game and, and areas of the pitch and um, their responsibilities in, in particular areas of, of, of defending, then it becomes a little bit more orientated around units, um, about their responsibility to the team, about their distances, about, about where they are on the pitch. And, and, and that obviously starts to become um, a little bit more tactical on, on how you do that and how you fit it into, into their unit and into their team. Just for you, Glenn, just quickly, Russ, if you're when you're working first team level, how much time would you spend in possession and out possession or with the units? I mean, do you, do you think about that or is it? Yeah, you know, is it... I mean, obviously, it depends on, 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 on your week, but if we had if we had a clear week Saturday to Saturday, I would always make sure that there was a specific defending the box session. We had quite a, um, I wouldn't say like a set session. We always try to vary it for, for obvious reasons to try and give the players variety and, and to make sure that the attacking players in that session had, had a real mixture and it wasn't it wasn't too repetitive. But if we had a Saturday to Saturday week, I would always make sure there was a defence session because working in, in League Two and, and, and the National League, the priority for a lot of teams was to get the ball in the box, whether it was a long throw, whether it was... I wasn't... I've never been a big fan of setting up set pieces because I think it becomes too staged and stopped and, and and the variations that are going to come at the weekend are going to be different. So it was about trying to put lots of different balls into the box and talk to the players about their responsibility. I was very much, and still am, very much focused on players marking, players knowing who their responsibility is, knowing what players they're going to pick up, um, 
when they're going to mark in the box rather than the, the old John Terry marking the near post space. For me, it was always the player's going to score, not the space. So, so handing over the responsibility because then there becomes accountability to each individual. So the answer to your question is, is if it was a clear week, Saturday to Saturday, um, we would always make sure there was a specific defending the box session in, in our week. And then also, as it got closer to the end of the week, we would have our um, out-of-possession principles, if you like. If it was going to be a team that play out from the back, how are we going to press? If it was a team that didn't, that got it forward more, we would work on like how to win second balls, um, how we're going to get regain possession or regain control of the game. So I, I, there would definitely be um, a big out-of-possession focus to, to the way that we set up. Ben, any thoughts on that? On what we're talking about? Yeah, just just a couple of things about the first question you asked Ross there when he said about Ashley Cole. About it, I think there's a couple of things. This whole in possession, out possession. I think we need to be educating all of our players on both sides of the football coin. So if you picture just a coin, heads and tails, right? You got attacking, defending, or in possession, out possession. We've got the ball. They've got the ball. And this, you know, the, the, the rim around the middle is the philosophy and the values and stuff that holds it all together. And like you said, you can't be a very good attacking team like Pep's Guardiola's without being absolutely efficient and outstanding. Because John Stones is one of the most improved defenders. Let's get that right. I just think he's phenomenal the way his level's gone forward. But the flip side of that, when you're doing that with your players and you're constantly changing positions, because so people think you're just changing positions, like, oh, yeah, we just change positions. Well, actually, the value of Ashley Cole playing his whole childhood as a left winger or a forward that was absolutely rapid, that could run past people, dribble and score 50 goals a season is, the understanding that he developed as an attacker, no doubt about it, then really benefited him as a left back. There's an incredible stat on Ashley Cole, and I, I, I've got to research if it's true, but apparently you think of the amount of time he's gone up against Ronaldo and Messi. Apparently every time he played Ronaldo and Messi, they never scored. And there was this little three-year period, wasn't there? If you want to see what 1v1 defending looks like mm. against either the crosser in David Beckham, because he was great against David Beckham. Let's get block crosses. But then he was exceptional against Ronaldo. I remember that Euro 2004 kind of time. You had Ashley Cole and Ronaldo. I honestly used to watch the game and think, I can't wait to watch them play. And, and anyone is an artist. And I genuinely believe he's in the top two or three left-backs of all time. I, I don't even think it's up to debate when you're talking about doing what a left-back does, the covering in behind. The, you know, and let's not forget the attacking. Thierry Henry and Robert Pires have come out and said, I played as well as I did because of Ashley Cole with his support and his forward runs and his understanding of attacking. So I think it's a great point of Ashley Cole. And let's not forget, like you say, he understands the attacking as much as defending and he ended up as a defender. It's a great point. The other thing um, Ross said there as well about, it's really important about the position specific stuff. I think even at first team level, I know Ross is doing a lot of first team level and you would do at first team, but I think we've got a, even if the kid's not a centre-back and we're not labelling him early, they still have to understand when you move around this pitch, defending looks different. If you're up there like Harry Kane, your defending is going to look different to John Terry back there. And you can do that all around the pitch, do you know what I mean? But I think that's part of our duty to educate players on that and what it looks like and, and how they might be defending. So there was a couple of good points and I just wanted to pounce on in terms of grassroots coaches you know, educating their their players in in a, in a certain way, but there's some terrific points in there. What about what about Glenn? General strategies to try and create that culture with your whole team. Any any sort of things you're using, or any sort of you know tips for people out there? 